0: Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Beth Johnson. She has built a very successful Private lending company. And she's also the co author of Lend to Live, published by Bigger Pockets, that actually helps you figure out how to privately lend. What I think you're going to get so much from this episode, we go deep with Beth and we talk a lot about the journey of success on the outside and how that impacts us on the inside.
1: Yes, and many investors, right? We are going, growing our business, going through different things in our personal lives as well. And we talk about the power of resetting. How does that look like? How doing the work looks like? And I think that everybody will really benefit from listening to it. This is a very vulnerable episode. And I think that the level of awareness that Bath is going to share to us might really spark something in you for your life and for your business. Before we get into Bath's episode, let's hear a word from our sponsors.
2: Visit BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's BiggerPockets.com slash Vacasa.
0: Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her Show. We are so excited to have Beth Johnson on our show today. Thank you for making time. And we're going to get into your successes and journey and, and how overwhelm kind of took over in a moment for you and how you moved through it. So so excited to have you here today and appreciate you sharing all your your journey with us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And also, Beth is, is. What is she doing for for us and all the, our community, Andressa? in In a very short time, what is she doing?
1: Well, so so Beth is going to be joining us at InvestorCon, talking about private lending, and most important, why this is a good time for you to become a private lender. Listen, I will attend Beth's session, because I don't want to miss that. I think that a lot of ladies, we have been active in real estate, and it's time for us to diversify, to build life that we want, to take things out of our our plate. And I'm very excited for your presentation, Beth.
0: And Beth is also the co-author of Lend to Live, and it's a book published by Bigger Pockets. I just recommended it this week to someone, Beth. I was chatting with someone, and they're like, I really want to do some lending. I'm like, you got to get this book. So highly recommend it. We're excited to have you joining us at InvestorCon. And let's get into our conversation today. What lesson has taken you the longest to learn?
3: Well, so many. Uh, this is- <laughs> if I had to pick one, I think it would be just figuring out how to balance myself and slow down a little bit. Sometimes I get excited and I am always very uh, motivated and ambitious and want to achieve things and I tend to take on too much which I know a lot of women probably have that same struggle.
1: Well, I think the word slow down it's not on the vocabulary of a lot of you know women like you like me like us that are high achievers self-motivated right we can go on and on with the list over here so slowing down it's not even on our vocabulary because that has different meanings that's not how we roll right how did that come up for you how did life made you slow down a little bit or how did that show up for you that you're like well i think that's a sign that i need to slow down
3: you know i don't think it's ever really one singular moment i think that women tend to have these fits and spurts all throughout our life right and so it's a matter of just maybe hitting a wall mentally or physically and having to figure out how do you readjust. For real estate investors, particularly, slowing down is just not in anyone's vocabulary. So we're just always gunning for that next level. And at some point, I had to realize, am I going to be satisfied with that next level? I keep thinking that there's some perceived End game to it. And for a very self motivated woman, I think you both can agree there's always that next level to tackle. And so you're not really ever hitting the peak, so to speak, unless you set that for yourself. And so the most recent one I had was maybe right after the book was published last summer and feeling like I just really needed to capitalize on all the opportunities and appearances associated with the book. And it was exciting. you know. How often do you get to say you publish a book was never on my radar. And then realizing afterwards how stressed out and overwhelmed I was and that really the chief problem of it all was me. I was the one that was running my own business. I was the one that was setting my own schedule. I very much have the opportunity to say what I take on and what I don't. And I just don't think that I was really Staying in tune with my internal barometer that says, "Is this truly how you define yourself?" Because I've never been a woman. That, well, I guess in my twenties before I had children, I was uh, self-driven and I defined myself by my corporate career. But as soon as I had a baby, and which coincided with the same year that my mom passed away, I didn't anymore. And so, if I don't necessarily profess, you know, identify myself with my professional endeavors. What it, why am i working so hard at trying to achieve each one of these next levels at the sacrifice of my emotional well-being my children's schedule I just was harried and and running around like crazy and just exhausted i can't relate it a little bit
0: i can't relate it all right on we just can't we, we we literally had a conversation before the recording Tomorrow. this lovely podcast about this very thing right andre and I were Chatting and and she said, "What's wrong? What's coming up for you?" And because I was about to record a podcast, and and quite honestly, was was feeling what you are expressing—literally the same exact feeling. So, what for you made you stop in your tracks? Did somebody call you out? Did you just have? Did you get into an accident? Did what was the? What was the? Because sometimes it's this one thing that then says it's not about the thing, but it leads to this exploratory. Like I'm overwhelmed. This isn't working. I published a book, I built this business that's literally all about passive investing, right? (laughs) Literally, right? that that is what you built. So success on so many different fronts, but something was not working for you internally. So was it one thing, did somebody call you out or what was it for you that really kind of aligned, uh, allowed you to say, hold on, let me put the pause here. Something isn't working
3: and I need to get to the root cause. It was a slow process. I wouldn't say it was one particular thing. It was a number of little small things that were happening And the culmination of that all at once last fall, I got COVID right before I was supposed to speak at the Bigger Pockets Conference. Mm -hmm. And I uh, got COVID, was in bed by myself and kind of bawling my eyes out, if I'm really truthful. But honestly, not sure if I was really disappointed at the chance to not present at what is arguably a really high achievement in my field, or if I was just totally. Elated that I didn't have that burden on me to go down there and lead out, you know, it was kind of confusing for me. And then at the same time, I experienced some personnel challenges. Um, I experienced some personal family health problems and some partnership challenges as well. And all of it just seemed to be overwhelming all at once. And I just decided to. Well, I don't know if I even decided to stop. I think I just stopped because I couldn't. There was no real way for me to move forward. And I just didn't care. I think we just sometimes we just hit a wall and it, you know, it's not like I consciously make the decision. I just was like, you know what, I got to tap out for a moment. And I did uh as much as I could through the end of the year. Of course, I had to take care of some acute problems in my business and my personal life. But then I started readdressing how am I going to move into 2023? And not repeat the same thing. Because I was doing this every year. At the end of the year, I'm like, oh, if I, as I reflect on this year, move into the coming year and set goals for myself. First off, I was like, oh, I'm never going to set goals again. This is what's creating the problem. And I, I'd reach the end of the year and I'm like, okay, next year is going to be different because I have a new structure on my team. I have a new business model. It never changed. I was on this repetitive roller coaster unless I take myself off of it. And that's what I did. I'm not going to say I'm in recovery yet still because I'm still going through that I'm reading books like the mountain is you which if you haven't read Liz yeah. it's absolutely I mean yeah. like, yeah. it is so it's explosive for me to realize that there are things that I'm doing to self-sabotage that I had no idea about now I'm trying to like self-impose a semi-sabbatical on myself right now but That's an oxymoron in and of itself. There's no such thing as a semi-sabbatical. And every time I tried to throw in these self-care things, you know, like a spa day for myself, finally doing a few things that I wanted to do, I was just kicking the can down the road. I'm not actually removing any stressors from my life. I'm just delaying them. So Hmm. the first part for me was the awareness and the epiphany that I was the one that was required to make this change. And then I think it's just the slow process. I was hoping that I'd end Q1 fixed. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's really possible, but I'm trying to embrace the journey of self-discovery, which is really hard for a mom who I've not really ever put myself first in the last 20 years, right? So it's just like, it's kind of a strange place to be in. I
1: think it's it's a a strange slash beautiful place, place to be in. I heard there's another day that says, you know, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, getting your makeup done, it's not self-care, it's maintenance. I was like, all right. As you were saying, right? I was just kicking there and it was not releasing any stress of my life. And you you, you start talking about awareness. I want to dig a little bit deeper in into that because many times... We are in this zone of our day, day in and day out. We get very familiar with stress as if a stressful feeling is just part of who we are, is part of the norm, and we're not aware of of what's going on. But one thing that I I keep hearing your voice in and out, in and out, is like your awareness of it. The ego is out because when the ego is in, and I'm sure we all have our shares, right? Everybody's wrong. It's not you. It's them. It's the, the bus driver is the cab. It's the weather. It's everybody else, right? But, but for you, Beth, when, when you are taking responsibility of, of your decisions, your life, you're in charge and you're taking control. What are the, the battles, the internal battles or the patterns that you said, well, I have done this for 20 years, but that's no longer what I want to do. What are the changes that you're doing it right now? And the not the, the struggles, but what what is still the default that you're looking to really like, that didn't work, that's not going to work, but it still shows up for you?
3: I think the first part for me was trying to embrace more self love. I think as a mom, you're constantly looking out after other people, and it becomes just like it's almost robotic. Really, I just you know you it's come almost selfish to even think or put yourself first. That's what we tell ourselves. It's not what society's necessarily telling ourselves, or or even if they are, who cares? It's what I'm telling myself, and I just need to. Make sure that I understand that boundaries are a very important factor in life. And if you set them, it's okay. It's not a selfish proposition. It's what I need to make sure that I'm fully there for me, my children, my family, first and foremost. I found myself putting so much into my business and my team and the people around me because I was really invested in their welfare. And I felt that with a business and a a lot of staff that I need to make sure that I can keep those mouths fed, all of a sudden, their well-being, financially, professionally, that became more important than my own. And so the self-awareness is just making sure that I know that I can unapologetically make decisions that are best for me in that moment. And I, I have to continually do that each and every single day i actually went and got a tattoo on my arm last month i'm not That's awesome what is it
1: yeah on yeah. my
3: arm is saying well you can't see it but it says unapologetic and it has a big fat period on the end, it, end of it because i'm not unapologetic to this one person or to this one situation i am unapologetic all the time period end of story about taking care of myself and putting my my own needs first. Sorry not sorry. And so I actually needed a physical reminder on my arm that I find myself rubbing it like a worry stone so that I can be like, oh I I my gut instinct is like, oh I should just concede and help you out. And then I'm rubbing it telling myself, "Nope, actually, uh sorry not sorry. I don't have the bandwidth to do that. Uh not right now. You know, I need to focus on family." And so that's been one way I've been able to keep myself accountable and dress so because I don't know any other way. <laughs> I'm just still trying Ladies to figure I, it out I, like I everybody don't know else.
1: About, about you, but I got shoes from the back of my head to the top of like all the way. I have like <laughs> that is like amazing. I'm thinking about like what should I do that? that what should I I don't know if I can handle no tattoos. My sister said it's fine, but I, I have low tolerance for paid, but even like a period, I think I can handle a period <laughs>
2: just to
3: remind me of it. That period was so important to me because yes. it just like, I can say it in one instance and I'm like, actually, you know what? Period. End of story. I'm just not, I'm not apologetic anymore for taking care of myself. I felt like, because I, th- I just had so much disappointment around every turn and I feel like real estate really makes you want to stay hungry for that next level because We don't talk, you know, except for the two of you, which is great. But in in a women's world, we talk more about trying to strike balance. I don't think men have that challenge, right? I'm trying to run a business. And then I'm not sure if I'm an Uber driver because I'm spending seven hours in the car in the morning and in the evening on Tuesdays, literally sitting in a car waiting for Taekwondo and soccer and all this. So but at the same time, every single headline out there for a podcast or a meetup is how to 10X, how to do this. And to your point, it's ego driven in nature to want to strive for that next level. I don't think that it's malicious to myself to want to strive for that, but I have to recognize my own limitations. Like I'm just, I'm high anxiety. I, I thought it was just a little controlling before I launched a business. And I realized truly after that business where I'm accountable for a lot of people's capital. I have anxiety and depression, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, tendencies and it can be really overwhelming. So the only person that really understands that limitation for me, because other women don't have that necessarily, but for me, I just can't do it all. I can't launch, you know, a lend to live business on top of managing my Flynn family lending, private lending business Mm -hmm. and take care of my family and home at the same time. I just can't. And it's okay that I can't. Yes.
0: It's more than okay, right? It, it, it's actually how you're gonna continue to be who you are and, and and be your best, you know, best version, right? Our fullest version of ourselves. So you got the tattoo, but there's there's days that, you know, if I if we just stop this interview and said, Beth, we got some great ideas and, and then we share some ideas with you and you're like, my God, that sounds amazing. So we have these tendencies, right? You have these, they kind of bring us back to.
2: Like kind of default? our old patterns,
0: our old ways. And I know, just what's that? Like default, Pam? yeah, like a default. Just and I were both talking about you know believing in so much what you're doing that you have this incessant need to keep working on it, right? Because you're just so excited by it, and you're also just there's a lot going on, right? So to let go of that and to like, okay, I'm going to put this on the side. I'm going to try this new, you know, c- continue to create this new way of being, new strategies, new approaches. Besides the tattoo, what else have you done? To keep yourself in check. Keep keep yourself honest. Keep true to your word, if you will. Support from other people. What what other what other strategies have you done?
3: Yeah, I'm using my husband as um, somewhat of an accountability partner. Sure. I wrote out a list uh, before the end of the year of things that I kept deferring, small little things that I would just like say, okay, today I can't do this. I've got to do you know this meeting or this task before I go pick up the kids, and then I'm out, you know, until bedtime. Yep. That was a start. And again, it wasn't. You know, some of it was sort of symbolic self care, getting a spa appointment in, um, deciding that I was going to take piano lessons or voice lessons. And really, a precursor to that is uh, setting up my home karaoke system. Little things that I could write down tangibly that I knew that I was forsaking. Year over a year, stupid stuff, super easy. But I just didn't give myself the time or the latitude to be able to do it, trying to make that list and enforcing it. And then, but really things get carried away, right? And so I, again, I have to have that internal awareness. So I'll use this podcast as an example and the opportunity to attend InvestorCon and present to some wonderful women I said that at the end of the year thinking that I would have this time to re-engage and reset, so to speak. And it was far enough out that I thought, I'm going to be in a good place by then. And then um, I worked with your lovely team. I have to do a 60-second promo video. I, I need to participate in a podcast. And then I started waking up in the morning because I was sleeping well at night for a couple of weeks, you know, maybe a month or so. And then I started getting that feeling again. And it was sort of like, not in the pit of my stomach was almost like in my diaphragm. I would just have like, I don't know, just, I I had this visceral feeling and I thought, I think I might be doing it to myself again. Mm. Um, Because what thought, what seemed to be, oh, you know, a a lovely presentation sort of snowballed to a point where I wasn't sure if I Mm. could take it on with everything else that I had set for myself. And so it made me realize that Maybe for the remainder of the year, I might be in this sort of personal fragile state that I need to be sensitive to. It's not just like a one quarter fix or anything like that. This might be a constant readaptation for myself that I need to stay plugged into.
1: I see it's opposite of fragile, I would say. Your level of awareness and respect to your body, to what's coming up for you. Ah, uh, we don't see it often, Beth, and you honoring it and say, okay, what, why is my body reacting that way? And then it's a way of being, right? I totally agree with you. It's not like, okay, this, this month over here, I'll be quote unquote cure. There's nothing to be cured, nothing to be fixed. I think we are all evolving. And I think the more that we talked about it, I'm sure after a lot of women listen to it, they're like, oh, finally, somebody talking about it. So I am not by myself here. So I'm not isolated or thinking like, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Everybody else seems to be doing fine, right? Super fine. (laughs) But I think that the more that we talked about, honestly, not talk about like the how much we are scaling it. Um, Those are all good, right? But what is on our own terms moving forward? Unapologetic period.
2: I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa.
1: And that's it. And I think that one thing that I want to share with you guys, Lynn and I have been practicing, right? We say practice, so we practice. It's holding space. So holding space, meaning I request from her, from the team that if I try to sabotage myself and do a back-to-back call, which I said I would not, they have the right to not call me out, but say, listen, we're not doing it because we are holding space. We're standing by you, your health, the life that you want to live, and we Start doing it with each other. And one thing that I started doing, Beth, that I, I'm sure with the relationships, why I were in relationships. A couple of people are starting getting out of my life that I didn't think that that was going to happen. And then I, you know, you grief that you grief that for, for a moment. And then you go to the other stages and then I embrace it. I really embrace it because I have bigger fish to fish. We have bigger lives to live. And sometimes we get invited to drama that I need to deny the invitation and say, no, nah, I'm going to RSVP no to that. Right. But I'm curious in, in your relationships and the teams and what's going on. Did you see also a shift happening in terms of, uh, of people around you or, or how did that show up for you?
3: Yes. I think that. Inherently, my leadership style is to allow people an opportunity to prove themselves. I felt like on a small team, I really needed to surround myself with the, the proper cultural fit and then the skills, the knowledge, the industry execution, that's all learned. And so in doing that, though, and providing a lot of education, on-the-job training, hand-holding, giving leads and opportunities to those around me, I recognized that perhaps I was enabling them a little bit. And then there wasn't necessarily an appreciation for it. There was an expectation for it. And so that was something that I had to readdress. And I did, you know, some of those relationships that came to a head very much from discourse and entitlement, just not having, not being on the same page. What did I contribute to that? Owning up to it and saying, okay, maybe I need to stack my team a little bit differently uh, moving forward or who I have in in my inner circle. And trying to focus less on, I mean, of course I had to mourn. I did. I I completely mourned. It was like a divorce or or a death. But move on from that after I got over those those personal feelings.
0: And the key is to move on in a way that it doesn't repeat itself, right? So and, and so many times, right? We're, we're in this like, we're in this like heart, you know, a spin. And if we don't, if we don't just stop and just be get present to the lesson, like to your saying, it will repeat itself,
3: you know, that it just shows up again and again. So it's well, and giving important. yourself grace, yeah. right? Uh, it's going to happen. We're human, We ha- we're kind of wired a certain way. And for a lot of us, you know, boss. Babes out there, we're like, just want to chug away and peck away at every opportunity that comes because it's just exciting, you know? But I have to recognize for me personally, I don't self identify with my professional endeavors. I just haven't, not since my kids were born. They, they were first and foremost to me at all times. And so when I was writing my bio slide in for BPCon last year, I looked at all of it. I'm like, cool, I wrote a book, I have a great business, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I don't cook anymore. <sighs> I don't run anymore. Uh, I, let's see. You know, I don't. I don't sing anymore. Like, who the hell am I? Mm. That was the breakdown. I'm like, well, this sucks. Everything I'm supposed to lead out and do a discussion about how private lending can be the ultimate source of passive income and cash flow for <laughs> those that don't really want to be in active real estate. And yet I was not living that. I couldn't come out and say, this is me. And I kind of knew that. I, I run an active lending business. Kind of happened by accident, but I started off as a passive private lender. And one of the important chapters that Alex and I put in the book was calculate and evaluate because we really felt, particularly for women, that it was important to identify your why. Why are you doing this? And it's not usually monetary, right? What are you trying to get more of? making sure that you set that foundation and that expectation for yourself because it can get carried away right away. I mean, private lending, if you walk into a local real estate meetup and you say, hey, I got private money to lend, like you're so popular. (laughs) It's hard not to let this get carried away, right? But so that was why we put that chapter in there is to make sure that people really understood why they were looking into this as a source of income to begin with and being able to stay true to that. I don't know the answer to that. It's just a, it's a, it's a reset all the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a great action step for those who have slides that introduce themselves. Open the slide up, right? And read it. You say, am I doing these things still? And what things do I need to add? And what things do I need to remove? And I'm not my business. I'm not the number of doors
3: you know, well, and does it even matter? Great question. You know, the first uh, presentation I did at the local real estate investor meetup in Seattle, it was during COVID. So it was virtual, but it was all that. I mean, I presented my interest slide and I said, look, ladies, I want to break this down for you because I just feel like it's not talked about enough. This is all my achievements, but who cares What I'm not telling you behind the scenes is I'm a twice divorced mother of two. I have frequent, you know, mental breakdowns and resets. That's me. This is, you know, you see all of these superlative headlines, you know, on, on podcasts about investing and real estate. And you can't help but feel driven to this stupid 10X number. I hate the number 10X because I feel like it makes women who are just trying to deal with that internal struggle like me and not, not really sure what my self identity is. It just makes me feel bad. And that's not anyone else's fault necessarily but i just wanted to let everybody know on the onset yeah great i run a business i invest i have this many doors blah 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 but that's not really it you know i'm fallible just like everyone else i'm fragile or maybe not just uh, you know i'm just trying to make it like everyone else i didn't have a plan to get into a real estate business never it was completely by chance and i embraced that chance and i'm glad that i did but it wasn't like I had this ten-step program to help help me figure it out and get there. It was, it was all by circumstance.
0: I love it, but you're doing the work, right? And just and I talk a lot about doing the work. And so, the, you know, the big takeaway here, you know, for those listening and with us here is do the work. And what does that work look like? And being aware, and and trying new things, and getting curious, and just do moving the needle, you know, one day at a time. Getting that tattoo that says unapologetic if that works for you, right? So I love that Beth, and I'm I'm really excited to hear you share more about the nuts and bolts about building that you know private lending business because I that really allows so many of the women in our community, right? Those high functioning women to really live life on their own terms and actually do those things—the running, the whatever works for you—the you know dancing. I don't dance, but whatever feeds your soul, right? So I love that Beth. Where can the ladies
3: listening learn more about you? I'm on Facebook, Beth Pinkley Johnson. You can check out my uh, reach out through me, uh, my company website, flinnfamilylending.com. I'm accessible through there. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, but I'm just not. I don't check it that often. So
1: Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Beth, is what's the most transformational book you ever read?
3: are? Oh. Well, I guess I just have to say most recently, it, it is The Mountain Is You, I think by Brian West or West, West or something like that. It was game changing for me. It was so eye opening. to And then so the subtitle to that is something along the lines of turning self-sabotage into self-mastery. And I think a lot of women can read through all of the very specific ways in which we set ourselves up for failure and don't even recognize it. And so most recently, that has been my Bible. It's been a wonderful eye-opening book uh, for me. And prior to that, I would say it's The the Subtle Art of Not Giving an F by Mark Ronson. It talks a lot about really just setting boundaries. And one of the key pieces out of there was understanding that your values, your priorities are a measure of your values. That was one core piece in there. It's like, You can lead out and say, I'm a family man, I do this and that. But if you're, you know, at your office 16 hours a day and not, you know, even making it to your kid's soccer game, are you truly a family person? So understanding where your priorities are at right now, and is that truly a reflection of what your intrinsic values are for yourself?
1: I love that. Second question is what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Whatever balance means to you.
3: I just don't know that anything in my life is super routine. What I'm trying to get back more of is running. And it's very basic. Running helps me just release some energy, helps me stay physically well. But from a mental well being standpoint, I used to joke that running was what I was my, you know, favorite hobby because I could punch people <laughs> it was a way to like let off steam. So I'm trying to get that back into my routine because it really did help me become more centered and capable of taking on the challenges that are presented to me day in and day out.
1: Awesome. Last question, which women famous or not has inspired you the most?
3: I have to say my mom, (laughs) and I know that's a little cliche. Rest in peace. I was uh, seven weeks pregnant when she passed away. Wasn't really planning on raising a family by myself. She was the consummate family woman. And as I reflected more last year about her, I realized she was a stay at home mom my whole life until I was a senior or sometime in high school. I was the young, I'm the youngest of five. And that's when she just happened upon a business. She uh, took a trip to Eastern Europe, decided to get into foreign adoptions in the Baltic countries. She adopted my sister and I, so she's always been, was very passionate about that. And so too, like her, I started a business in my late 30s. She just happened to do that. And I didn't realize until last year how many parallels that I had with her, but she's always with me, reminding me that family's more important it just doesn't matter if my family's not well cared for. So I find myself hearing the things that she would tell me when I was younger. And at the time I was like, whatever, you know, but they're so true now. So what's her name? Rita Lorraine Pinkley. Love
0: it. Beth, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for being so Open and honest and vulnerable. Really appreciate that. And I know the people, all the people listening as well. So looking forward to seeing you in May. Can't wait to meet you in person too. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Beth. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes.